Welcome to the ministry of Mercy Seek Ministries and evangelist Pat and Karen Chatsline. We believe that the message you are about to hear will mightily change your life. Open your heart, mind, and spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. We must declare it to the next generation. Trying to show you something. There comes a moment in your life when you throw down what's not important to pick up what is. And God told me to come and tell this house, there's an open heaven. There's a spirit and anointing over this house. It is time to lay down what is not important and pick up what is. James chapter 4 verse 8 says this. It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. It's a promise. He says, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. How many of you know James would not get invited to most churches in America? And see, tonight, or this morning, as I move into this word, you need to get ready because I'm preaching about the Simeon cry for a few minutes. The encounter. See, there's a lot of people I want to meet when I get to heaven. I want to take them to the coffee shop because there's going to be coffee in heaven. It'll probably have a really cool Christian name like Hebrews. <laughs> I love it when I walk into churches. I just look for the name. You know, Olive Branch. <laughs> but I've got a list that I'm going to people I'm going to meet with when I get to heaven. I just want to have coffee with them for a few minutes. I just want to talk with them. I want to, there's just some several. I want to sit with Job. I want to look at Job and just say, it was pretty intense, wasn't it? I want to sit with Jeremiah. I really do want to hang out with Jeremiah. We'll probably just cry. I want to sit with Elijah because he wrote a twister. I mean, he's a redneck. I want to hang out with David and say, bro, I know what it's like to not want to wear your pants when you're worshiping. I want to hang out with Esther and say, what's it like getting yourself prepared for church, spending a year to get ready to go to church, and we can't get there on time? I want to hang out with Job and say, Job, you preached it. Simon Peter seconded on Solomon's colonnade on the day of Pentecost that in the last days God would pour his spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and daughters would prophesy. Your old men would dream dreams upon your handmaid and you'd pour out your glory. I want to look at him and say, dude, I saw it. I saw it. I've seen thousands running to the altar lately. Thousands getting set free. Thousands who cut themselves, their scars disappearing. I want to look at him and I want to hang out with John and say, and just probably just like lay on his chest and look at him. I want to hang out with Paul and say, what's it like preaching apologetics, standing in front of the altar of the unknown God and declaring to the hedonists and, and, and declaring apologetics and, and, and the Epicureans and look at them and saying that but God is real and walking them through true apologetics in Acts 17. I, I want to hang out with a thief because I'm a lot like him. Because I don't really deserve what he's done for me. But there's one guy I want to meet. One guy that we've not heard very much about, and really he's forgotten because we love to go through Luke chapter 2 at Christmas time, but we always stop just short of this guy. But I've learned the greater the anointing, the greater the isolation, and you're never going to get anointed until you get forgotten. And I've also learned nobody ever prophesies over quiet days. And this guy, his name is Simeon who is Simeon. His name is the same exact name as Simon Peter in the Aramaic. He was a preparer of the way. Who was Simeon? It is believed he was one of the writers of the Septuagint. Septuagint means 70. They would take the Old Testament and translate it from Hebrew into Greek koinia. Augustine of Hippo is the one that called it the Septuagint later on, but he was one of the writers, one of the translators. Who is Simeon? He was a shepherd. He was a pastor. His mission statement in life was simple. I must not die till I see his glory. The Bible says in Luke, the second chapter, 
And Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, stop right there, because I just preached in, in Washington, D.C. I watched as congressmen and ambassadors and heads of state got on their knees and began to cry out to God. I watched as senators began to worship. I watched as the man right here with the bald head, the head of the Coast Guard, began to weep before the Lord. I watched as they stretched their hands out towards the White House and pray for God to intervene in our White House. And I'm not talking politics with you, because Jesus is, doesn't, isn't a donkey or an elephant. He rides both of those things. But what you got to understand God is sending an awakening to America and he is sovereign and this is still his nation. Blessed is the land whose God is their Lord. God says I can still pour out my spirit in America. Somebody give him a shout. Our sovereign Lord as you have promised may you now dismiss your servant in peace. Bring that scripture back up for me. You know what I've learned about peace? Peace is not an emotion. Peace is a place you have to choose to live. When you see your son, Pastor Tim was there with me. When you see your son going away for six and a half hour surgery, where they're going to take him, and they told us all the bad things that could happen, I had to go into a room by myself and get on my knees and say, I need your peace. For mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations. A light of revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people Israel. Twice in the last six or eight weeks I've been with the ambassador of Israel. Twice he's, say, he's made the statement in meetings I've been in. Where is Israel's friends? How many of you know you better bless Israel? If you don't believe it, read Genesis 12 or Psalms 122 and pray, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. But why am I saying this to you? Because we are living in very dark times. We're living in times where martyrs are on the rise. People are having to die for the cause of Christ all over the world. We think we get persecuted because we have what's called prosperity persecution. God didn't let you afford that car you want. But persecution is a little bit different. And you need to understand as I move into this word, God is looking for those that are real. Those that will stand up for truth. What is truth? Truth is a new hate speech. What is truth? It's for those that will stand up and say, I believe this word and I'm not shifting with my perversions. This does not change. Are you with me so far? We're living in a time where people are running around screaming, look at me. I call it celebrity Christianity screaming, look at me, look at me, instead of saying, look at him. Because if they ever looked at him and they realized we don't really look like him. So now they just cry out, no, not him, give us Barabbas. And we're living in a time of that celebrity culture, Christianity. You, you understand the only red carpet in the Bible is where the blood of the martyrs was spilled. The only roped off areas where they hung them. And the only celebrities in the Bible were the children. But God says, I'm looking for a church that is desperate for me. But I am watching it happen across America. I call it the great divide. Those that want the Holy Spirit and those that don't. And the Holy Spirit, we've watered the blood down so much, we've turned it into a pink slip. And God says, I'm looking for a church that will rise up and want my spirit back in the house again. That's why I love what happened this morning with a message in tongues and the outpouring of God that is happening. Listen to me. Follow me for a second. The Holy Spirit is a third person in the Trinity. I just preached about it in a brand new message called Interview with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord showed me. He said, Pat, why have they fired my Holy Spirit from the church? And when you remove a third of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, a third of the person, take one third from a hundred, it leaves 66.6. And when it says the spirit of the Antichrist is coming and it came from out from within us. It's a whole other teaching. I don't want to go deep into it. Found in 1 John, the spirit of the anti-anointing. And God says, I'm looking for a place like Trinity that I can pour my glory out in Dallas and in the region, that I can pour my freedom out. And God says, I'm looking for those that have the Simeon cry in here. If you want God to pour out his glory in this room, lift your hands and cry out to him now. You say, well, Pat, you're intense. I know. God says, I'm about to do this. Would you watch this video? And I'm going to hurry because I want them to be able to hand out to you just a small rag to take with you today. But it's going to be very intimate and very simple. And, but I feel his presence. And it might come at any moment where I just say, come to the altar. But if you're here for an encounter and you're ready to change, you're in the right place. Because God says, I've been waiting on you. Watch this video. As the sun rises... for his bluff. He is searching the nations for the passionate, the ones who are seeking his face, the ones who went only to be in his presence. 
is looking for those that will take a stand who are moved by the spirit and not by man who will say enough is enough those who will stand up and cry out for his glory and he's looking for you The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 through 5, that there's coming a time where people will have no stomach for solid teaching, but they'll fill up on spiritual junk food and catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages, but you keep your eye on what you're doing, except the hard times along with the good times. I love what Spurgeon said. He said, discernment is not knowing the difference between right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between right and almost right. What is the remnant? It's those that will stand up regardless of what it costs them. It's those that are desperate regardless of their circumstances. It's those that are being... See, the remnant doesn't stop where they should have died because they know that Jesus didn't. Are you still with me? And what you got to understand is I want to be the one in the crowd that will go past every nook and cranny, every political moment. I want to be the one that will be so desperate for God that he's all I want. Are you awake and are you still with me? I, I love what, what God's word says. Watch now. In Psalm 73, you're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. When my skin sags and my bones get brittle, God is rock firm and faithful. Look, those who left you are falling apart. Deserters, they'll never be heard from again. But I'm in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. What is the Simeon cry? The Simeon cry is very simple. It's what he spoke to me on the plane. It's a cry that says, I'm desperate to experience God. Go with me if you would. And I, I take a little liberty in this scripture because I like to describe things. But go with me to the temple. Off to the side of the temple is a room. In that room is an old priest. Many historians believe that Simeon, who was known as the God receiver, many believe that he was 200 years old. He was a writer of the Septuagint, which means 70. But what you don't know about Simeon is one day while translating the scripture, he has an encounter with God. And many historians believe that it's when he was reading Isaiah 7 verse 14 and translating it from the Hebrew to the Greek koine. And as he's writing one day, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him God with us, Emmanuel. And what you got to understand is that moment changed everything. When's the last time you felt God walking through your In fact, look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 2. It gives a great description right here. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. Now stop right there because I could preach for an hour on that. You know what righteousness means? Righteous means my, my character doesn't change when your mood does. I, we are living in a time of what I call crisis Christianity. We know how to do all the works without Jesus being involved. And he did not come for a headless bride great body no brains he came for a bride do you know what devout means devout means I'm not shifting on you I'm not changing my mind I am in this thing I am focused I'm not walking away no matter what I face tomorrow I'm staying at the cross I'm not running from him I'm going to stay in this thing I'm not leaving my church to go to the next fire engine in town I'm a part of something I've set my face like flint I am a part of this I am devout I am in this you can't move me devil because I have sold out to the vision give God a praise And the Bible says he was waiting for the consolation. Now, I don't know what consolation is. When I was reading this, it, it caught me off guard because I thought it's what you get when you don't really win. Sorry, you didn't get the new car, but here's a bottle of wax. 
So I began to look up the word consolation because I didn't understand it. It means summons for help. Oh, I'm here to talk to somebody that needs an answer this morning. I'm talking to somebody that needs an encounter with God. It means impartation. It means encouragement, comforter, and the answer. Are you getting this so far? And the Bible says it goes on to say, and the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he saw the Messiah. Have you ever been in a place where God shows you something and speaks something to you? you and it lets you know we're going to be all right because we got some place we got to go we're going to see some things we're going to see an outpouring we're going to see the healing of our family give the lord a praise oh i'm almost done and then the bible says moved by the spirit i get so tired of speaking at small conferences or large conferences and all they want to do is be standing on the front row and they'll say, Pat, look at, look at the lights, look at the stage, look at the aesthetics. And I want to scream, I don't want the aesthetics, I want the anointing. It says, moved by the spirits. He went into the temple courts and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom of the law required. Follow me for a second. Every Hebrew child... Every young man at eight days old would be circumcised, and then they would be given a name. At 40 days old, the mother would have to go through a purification process called Candlemas. The Candlemas of Mary is celebrated on February 2nd. Simeon's death is celebrated on February 3rd. Remember, it all started, I'm sitting on a plane, and God says, wake up. I'm about to speak to you. It's the Simeon cry. It's what's stirring it. I love, I love this because I love Simeon because he wasn't moved. He wasn't like those. Listen to me. Purity is the backbone of authority and authority is determined by brokenness. And what I love about Simeon is he wasn't moved like those. When everybody else was preaching, saying preach on popular stuff, he stayed focused. He wasn't like those. Those who have decided that Jesus is just a weekend experiment. Those that are feeling really good about having the revelation of God through someone else's eyes. Those that think that being passionate for God might mean I have to lose myself and I'm not willing to do that. No, 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 no. I love Simeon because he represented the remnant spirit. I'll never forget last year I was in Phoenix and was down in the lobby or area and we were eating breakfast. And all of a sudden this tall Gandalf looking guy comes walking up to me. He starts talking to the guys that are with me, and then he walks over and introduces himself to me. And I found out that he's a Catholic, charismatic brethren. His name is John Michael Talbot. He's one of the founders of worship in America. He shakes my hand, and we begin to talk. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm, reading, I'm meeting royalty from that started worship in America. He, he led the Jesus movement, and, and I'm standing there with him, and he's precious. And his goal in life is to, to get the Catholic Church baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and I'm standing there talking to him, and he looks at me, and he says, you know, Pat, I'm thinking about writing a book called The Remnant. And like a child, I go, oh, me too. I am. Yeah. He goes, I know. The Holy Spirit just told me. And I said, then tell me what remnant is, because you can remember when they were baptizing 3,000 people off the coast of Southern California back in the 70s in the Jesus movement. Tell me what remnant is. He said, I'll tell you what remnant is. He said this. He said, it's the people who don't just practice the externals of their faith, but it's the people who know Jesus. It's that which remains from what used to be big, and it is the yeast that will make the bread rise again. But what I love about Simeon, listen to me as I'm getting ready to close. He recognized his moment. The devil wants your moment, church. He understood that very soon it would be the massacre of the innocent. That's when they would kill all the baby boys, just as they did with Moses. See, every time God wants to change a generation, somebody gives birth. Why do you think I wrote a chapter in the new book called Massacre of the Innocent? Because the enemy is trying to kill off the remnant. 25% of a generation is dead because of abortion, but we don't talk about it because it's not politically correct anymore. The first place I stop when I get to heaven is the playgrounds. See, the enemy wants your moment. He wants you to get so weary and so tired and so exhausted. See, I'm learning some things right now. The enemy will wear you out. And ministry is not what you do. It's what you're willing to protect. 
And we're living in a time where 1,500 people leave the ministry every month because the enemy's goal is for those that are called to be the plunderers of hell. His goal is to, to keep trying to put hell in their life when they're called to rescue those and send them. So there's an all-out attack. And some of you are letting the enemy distract you and you don't even realize how close you are to breakthrough. You have no idea how close your breakthrough is. In fact, you're fighting against the wind. You're running and all hell is coming against you. Listen to me, church. If you're not coming up against the devil, it's because you're flowing with him. And what the enemy wants to do is stop you from recognizing your moment. Simeon knew it was the moment. He recognized the moment. Oh, follow me, follow me, follow me. Because, and I love what First Peter says. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a refining process, a spiritual refining process. And I love this next part. I love this. this is my next favorite part right here. Because it says you're going to be walking along and you're going to turn the corner and bam, with glory just around the corner. Give God a praise. This is it. Why would you preach this, Pat? Because this church is ready. The Lord spoke to me down there just as the puzzle pieces have been used to build different parts of the property. He said, I am putting in place the final puzzle piece for a move of God over this house that others will come from far and wide to experience. It's been prophesied over and over that these doors with the lobby would be full and people would be roaring in here. God says, get the parking places ready. He said, because they're about to come and experience not just coming here preaching, not just coming to hear some great worship. They're going to walk in and I, I got to step out of my message for a moment because the Lord showed me people walking through that door and not even getting past the threshold and crawling and as they're crawling he's going to strip things off of them God says will you be the house I can trust with my glory will you be the place that I can bring my freedom somebody give my God a praise that's it let me set the scene for you because all of a sudden Simeon's been promised you will see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. You will see the Messiah. But he's just doing life now. I wonder if he didn't feel very good that morning. I found out usually the days I don't feel like going to the church are the day that I would have the greatest outpouring. I wonder if his eyesight was dull, his ears, maybe his heart. I don't know anything about him. I'm going to meet him when I get to heaven. We're having coffee. But I can see as he's walking towards the church, he's got his priestly garments on and he's walking towards the church and people are lined up to see him because understand it's time to bless them. And, and he's their pastor. He's married and buried him. I mean, he's been doing this thing for a long time and, and he's walking along, but he feels something in his belly. He feels kind of a stirring in his belly like this isn't a normal day. This something's different right here. And, and I can see him as he keeps trying to like, what, what's going on? This isn't normal. And so he starts greeting people. And he starts walking and he's greeting people. He's, he's, he's blessing them and he's loving on him and he's being a pastor but something keeps pulling him from that direction I can just see him I'm going to rent this when I get to heaven at the video store but but all of a sudden, he, he, he sees this couple very far back there, but he can't really see who they are. Again, I'm taking a little, little liberty in this story, but, but he sees them, and he's standing back there, and he sees this couple, and he's like, I, I see, but he's still blessing people. But he, he finally he gets close enough, he can see a smile on the man's face, and he goes, hello, pastor. He recognizes the couple because he's heard the gossip prayer request about them. He suddenly sees the face of the mother and a tear flowing down her face. It's the tear of vindication. And he smiles at him, but he's still blessing everybody else. But suddenly it's like a rope around his waist pulling him, pulling him, pulling him. He's just like, a, and eventually he gets what I call Holy Spirit tunnel vision. It's, it's what happens when a prophetic word hits you for somebody. You don't see nobody else. And, and all of a sudden it starts pulling at him. And he, he just starts walking towards the couple and they're smiling. And he begins to smile, but he's not really looking at them. He's, they're look, he's looking at what they're holding. They're holding something that's a pretty big deal. And the closer he gets and the closer he gets something begins to stir inside of him and all of a sudden he stretches out his hands he's not carrying anything else and, and, and he stretches out his hands and, and, and as he stretches out his hands he says excuse me ma'am can I hold him and she smiles and she stretches out her hands he takes in his arms the warmth of a human body 
spirit wrapped in flesh and all of a sudden it hits him and it begins to run up and down his body this is what the angel of the Lord told me I would see this is what happened when I was translating and all of a sudden it gets all over him and he takes the child you're not getting what I'm saying you know what he was really saying excuse me ma'am can I hold freedom excuse me ma'am can I hold jo- can I hold joy excuse me ma'am can I hold salvation excuse me ma'am can I hold healing to the land excuse me ma'am can I hold can I hold the I am that I am the will within a will the lily of the valley the bright morning star oh you're not getting it excuse me ma'am can I hold John 1 verse 48 the word made flesh can I hold your Bible and as he took that baby in his arms it was a circle of life moment everything in creation began to bow and I could see as he pulled the baby in he began to rub his shoulders in which the government would sit. But he pulled back the blanket and rubbed his forehead in which would be pierced for my thought life. He began to rub his back in which would take my healing. He began to rub his hands which would nail my sin to the tree. He began to rub his side where I would be grafted. He began to rub his feet which would carry my cross and will someday step between the gate beautiful and the Mount of Olives and split it down the middle and take back the land. Oh, you're not getting this just yet. And he stood there. This is it. I can imagine the religious all around him sort of getting angry and angry. Did he just do what we think he just did? He just blasphemed. They start coming towards him and Simeon shaking, laughing, hands the baby back. Stand with me across this house. Imagine. Why would you preach on this? Because I finally know who I am. The Simeon. You and I are the Simeon. And I can see as he hands the baby back. Here comes the encounter. Betty whispered, thank you for being the vessel willing to carry. He said, I better go now. I'm in trouble. And as he runs, <laughs> laughing, behind him are the religious. He runs back to his little house, shuts the door. I just believe this is what happened. And he sits down on the bed. There's no other reason to live now. I've seen glory. Show me a man that sees God. I'll show you a man that dies to everything in their life that doesn't represent him. Because the end of yourself is the beginning of God. These aren't cliches. They're truth. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 2. This was his last sermon. And with the religious standing around. See, they were so used to declaring that the Messiah was coming, they missed it when he came. Could that be our day? The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, just before he runs back and gets out, he looks at Mary and he says, To the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. So that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul. The last thing he says to Mary, and he goes, Mama, there's coming a day where your heart's going to be pierced for your baby. And I imagine when he got home and he sat down on the bed, because see, we're going to see stadiums filled across America. No how, but we're going to do it. It's coming. But I imagine when he sat down on the bed, he smiled and said, okay, I got to go now. And when he shut his eyes, because his, his death is celebrated the very next day. I wonder if he saw Isaiah chapter 6. Go ahead, Pastor Gabe, turn that off for me. 
I wonder if he saw the angels crying holy. I wonder if they began to... I wonder if God winked at him and said, thank you for introducing my boy to the world. But see, my Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, that I'm supposed to change when I see him. Whenever they, oh, they turn their face to God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are face to face and suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it, all of us, nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face and so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful. I say this to say to the to Trinity Church this morning. Do you want him? When's the last time you worshiped for an hour without asking for something? When's the last time you said I have to have an encounter with God? I've seen it lately. You say, well, you're awfully weepy today. I know. I have been for several weeks. Because I want to die if I don't see the outpouring of the Spirit. But the Lord told me yesterday when I began to pray for Trinity even deeper, He said, this is my house. And He said, get ready because I'm going to move upon the ones that have forgotten Why do you always say it here it comes because I could feel it. I want to do something and I'm not going to keep you much longer. Although my flight doesn't leave till eight. We're good. See, the Lord spoke to me, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Jorge, Pastor Jordan. There's a move of God coming to this youth ministry. There's something sweet on this youth ministry. Okay, I don't want to miss the moment. I've got to be careful. Every eye shut. Here he comes. Here he comes. Here comes the Spirit of God. Here comes the Spirit. He's going to lay on you like a blanket. He's going to lay on you like a blanket. All over this room. It's very intimate in here right now. Very intimate. Very intimate. With every eye shut across this room, there's people that God has been waiting to use. But you've got to get stuff out of your life. There are people in this room that have never truly accepted the cross. You've never truly accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Because to repent means to burn the house down and not go back. And if God still has to talk you into being saved, you've never accepted it. And all over this room, with every eye shut, I won't embarrass you, I promise. I also won't beg or manipulate. There are, pe there are people in this room that need to accept Jesus Christ for the very first time. 
And if that is you, I mean really accepted him. I'm talking about confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. The man who died, the man who after 33 years was led to the slaughter, who was put on trial for you and I, stripped naked, tore his skin off his body, hung on a cross, said, I thirst, I forgive, and it's finished, died for you and I, took back the keys from hell, and on the third day rose. Then he's coming again. He poured his spirit out in the upper room. If you say, Pat, I want the sin out of my life. I don't want to live between two opinions anymore I want God to save me this is your moment I won't beg you I won't manipulate you I'm just going to say if you say I need Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior raise your hand now that's it higher higher almost like you're reaching up higher I don't I don't care if it hurts your back I don't care if it hurts your shoulders if you just raise your hand walk to the front now again I'm not gonna no don't clap don't clap I love clapping I believe in that we're part of the family but this is too intimate it's too intimate if you just raise your hand walk down now now right now right now right now from the front to the back in fact altar team would you join them come on pastors would you join us come closer come closer Three calls. I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel the Holy Spirit. Come on, you raise your hand. Here's the second call. If you say, Pat, I have sin in my life. I've walked away from God or you're living on the outs with God because you've allowed things in your life because of lack of discipline. If you say, Pat, I want Jesus Christ to forgive me and change me. I've walked away. I'm not living the life. Raise your hand now. Raise it up high. Come on, balcony. Come on, it takes a leader to raise your hand in a crowd like this. Man, if I, if I knew there was salvation on the other end, I'd raise my hand so high I wouldn't give a rip who saw. If you just raise your hand, walk down here now. Come on, Dad. Come on, Mom. Come on, Grandparent. Come on, kid. Now get ready. It's going to get very intense. The altar experience is going to get very intense. You say, well, Pat, you're pretty, pretty intense, I know. But I've learned a long time ago, i got to let go of what's not important to pick up what is. And just as my little girl jumping my arms, I bet Simeon felt the same way when he held salvation. And so here's what we're going to do. You ready? Everyone in the house, hold your hands out like this. Like you're catching something. And I want you to say, God, out loud from the front to the bottom. Go ahead, ready. Say, God. Wash my hands, cleanse my heart, change my double-mindedness. Jesus Christ is Lord. He died on the cross. He rose again. Now I invite you, Lord. I invite you, Lord, to invade my life now, to forgive me, to restore me, to heal me. Jesus, I need you to be Lord now. Take over my life. Breathe upon me with your spirit. Sit upon me now. There it is. It's going to get heavy. <laughs> it's going to get heavy. Now here comes the second part. Everyone in the house, stretch your hands out in front of you. And this is the part where it gets kind of intense. Front to the balcony of the floor. Come on, Dad. Come on, Mom. Stretch your hands out. And I'm going to warn you about this next part. Don't do it if you're not real because this is going to expose everything. This is going to be one of those moments where it's next level. But there are people in here that have been so busy. You've lost him in the crowd. And it's easy to do. His parents did it. So with your hands out in front of you, all you're going to do is just like Simeon. With your eyes shut, say, excuse me. Father, I'm warning you now. Say, excuse me, Father. Can I hold you? Here it comes. The glory of the Lord just moved in upon you. It's not emotionalism. It's real. I tell you, it's real. Somebody else needs to go to another level. Stretch your hands a little bit farther. Say, excuse me, sir. Can I hold joy? Stretch your hands a little farther. Say, excuse me, sir. 
can I hold? Peace. It's getting heavier. It's getting heavier. It's not over. I need somebody to get loud. I need somebody to cry out to God now. I need you to cry out. I need somebody to cry out for your baby. I need somebody to cry out for revival. And what is, and not even just revival, but reformation of mine. Stretch your hands out. Excuse me, sir. Can I hold authority, healing, power, freedom, Jesus? I want to hold you. Cry out, 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 here it comes, here it comes, like a wave, like a wave, like a wave, like a wave, like a wave. If your kids are unsafe, say, excuse me, sir, can I hold my baby's salvation? Can I hold my parents' salvation? Somebody get filled with the Spirit right now. Stretch your hands out and say, excuse me, sir. Can I hold the gifts of the Spirit? All day long, he said, lift me up, lift me up. Take your hands and lift him up. Lift him up. Lift him up to the world. me sir I want all the leadership to say excuse me sir can I hold once again the reason I accepted the call Every student, every young adult, every confused individual, whatever you're battling with, hold your hands out and say, excuse me, Lord, can I hold my identity in you? Here comes the big one. And I'm about done. With your hands raised, say, Lord, would you trust this house to hold your glory? Stop. No music, no music, no music, no music. Say, Lord, would you put your glory in this house now? I see the Lord restoring hearts that have been long torn away. I saw the Lord in a vision sewing a heart back together. I saw people that have backslidden, and I don't know why I have to do this again because some of you are not going to like it, but that's okay with me. There are people in this room that have backslidden, and if Jesus were to return today, which he is about to, all you got to do is look what's happening in Israel. All you got to do is look at what's happening in Syria. All you got to look at what's happening in Russia. He is coming soon. None of the other stuff matters. Your temporal garbage doesn't matter. There are people in this room that God says, you have an opportunity to sell out to me, and I am calling you now. And God just spoke to me. There are backslidden people in this room that have yet to accept him and you're fine I won't beg you or manipulate you but I'm going to give you one more opportunity every eye shut if you say I have walked away from God and I must give him another chance raise your hand now yeah there's hands going up all over the balcony and the floor that's it that's it that's it right where you're at everybody join them raise both hands and say we accept you as Lord as King Forgive us. Forgive us. Jesus. Jesus. Come into me. Because I am yours and you are mine. 
If you have a financial need, hold your hands out and say, excuse me, Lord. Would you bless my finances? Man, I'm telling you, there's joy, 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 joy coming into this room now. I'm telling you, I see burials all of dead men laying on the ground. God is burying dead men across this room. I just saw it in the spirit. I saw a whole cemetery of dead men where God is burying the old man. Lift your hands and rejoice. This altar is a cemetery. If you just died to yourself, Michael, put your foot down on the dead man now. Do it. There it is. Everyone in the house, simply say this. Lift your hands and say, I choose you. I choose you. I choose you over wrong relationships, over bad decisions, even over my past. Your goodness brought me back to you. I choose you. From the front to the floor to the balcony, all the way around, scream out, I am Simeon. I am Simeon. I am the Simeon. I will declare your glory, Father. Here's the last thing. Just feel like I'm supposed to be quiet for a moment and I don't know why, so you'll just have to hang with me for a moment. Would you just stand in His presence for a moment? Maybe it's because God wants to talk to you. All the CFNI students, raise your hands. Southwestern students, if you're here, raise your hands. CFNI, raise your hands. You are the ones that God has brought in to lead the movement on the campus. Will you be the remnant on that campus? CFNI, Southwestern, cry out to God now, out loud. There it is, my Lord. There's the, there's the remnant. Explicit, lift your hands now. 
Your day of being a normal youth ministry just ended. Your day of us having to whip you into motion to get you on fire is stopping. God is saying, I want all or nothing. It's explicit. Lift your hands and cry out to God now from the front to the back. I believe in this youth ministry. Come on, out loud. Cry out, 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 cry out. There's a move of God coming to Cedar Hill High School. Duncanville, Midlothian. There's a move of God coming to the campuses. There's a move of God coming to the colleges. It is an awakening of the remnant that it's okay for me to make a stand. I don't have to worry about what anybody thinks anymore. There's a move of God going into the gymnasium of Cedar Hill onto the football field. I see it here at Trinity Christian School. There's a move of God. Trinity Christian School, lift your hands and cry out to God. Every mama in the house pray in the spirit. There will be books that comes out of the crowd in this room. There will be songs. There will be businesses. Today, death has come to the old man. God wants to know, will you introduce him to someone? When's the last time you said, meet my friend Jesus? You are a mobile upper room. I know I'm supposed to close. I know I'm supposed to. But it just feels like the Lord's just saying, just a minute longer. Is that okay? I feel like I need to give permission to some men to shut your eyes right now and let God take you back into the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, and cry again. I know that sounds so silly, and, and, and I'll probably get emails on it, I don't know. But the Lord just spoke to me. It's going to be in the weeping that you get healed, and I know what that's like because I wept for my son last week. I laid in the floor in a, some little room off the side. I didn't want anybody to see me, and I just wept and wept and wept for Nate. So I don't know any dads in this room that haven't wept lately for your babies, but it's okay to do that. Would you shut your eyes, dads, and begin to weep for your children? The tears that you're crying now will begin to flow over your house, believe it or not. God will multiply the tears. He'll put them in a bowl and pour them out as prayers and blessings. I need anybody in here whose mom and dad's not saved to cry out their name now and begin to pray for them. Come on, come on, cry out for them right now. Say, I don't want to go to heaven without him, Jesus. I don't want to go to heaven without him, Jesus. I don't want to go to heaven without him, Jesus. I want to be in heaven with him, Jesus. Man, it's just waves. Just waves. Some of you are going to be walking through your house today and you're going to trip over Jesus. You're going to be walking through your campus. You're going to trip over Jesus. It's going to break out. I see it breaking out in hallways on campuses. I see God breaking out, not just corporate call to prayer, none of that. And it's all wonderful. But God says, I want to pour out my spirit in the moment when you get in your car to drive to work. The minute you touch your steering wheel to, to, to begin to drive to work, you're going to begin to weep. Some of you are going to feel it in the laundry room. You're going to feel it in the bathroom. You're going to feel it when you lay down in bed. Every single mom, every widow, every single dad, every widow in the house God says I'll lay down beside you when you go to sleep at night you're not alone let me lay beside you he says hold your hands out one last time straight in front of you like you're catching something say God can I hold my calling Thank you for listening. We pray that this word would sit in your spirit and transform you. For more information or to become a covenant partner with Mercy Seat Ministries and Evangelist Pat Karen Chatsline, you can log on to www.mercyseatministries.com.